Welcome to the Indianola First Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Our prayer is that this message will inspire you, encourage you, and launch you into life-changing action. Hey, church family, great to be with you here today. Uh, You know, with everything going on in our world right now, the financial calamity, the pandemic fears, world leaders and conspiracy theories surrounding what they do or why they do it, it, it just gets all to be a little bit overwhelming, I think for a lot of us, especially if you watch a lot of news. But as we have said all along through this current situation, we are going to live by faith, not by fear. We choose to live by faith because no matter what, as Christians who believe the Bible, we know how the story ends. The book has been written, church, and guess what? Jesus wins. We know that. And that's where we hang our hat. That's our story, and we're sticking to it. But that doesn't mean we should throw caution to the wind or act like jerks or idiots when it comes to science or even submitting to the authority that God has placed over us. We have a careful line that we must walk if we're going to be effective in carrying out the most important mandate that we have been given by Christ. And that's what I want to talk to you about today, that mandate that we have been given by Jesus Christ himself. You see, after Jesus rose from the dead and before he ascended into heaven, he said this in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Notice here that we are not commanded to make converts, but to go and make disciples. That means as followers of Christ, Jesus not only expected all of us to be engaged in sharing our faith, we are to be in it for the long haul. There are Christians who self-righteously pat themselves on the back for engaging in a drop the mic kind of evangelism approach. They slam people with the truth from the word of God and they, while they're completely obtuse regarding the person's background, situation, or circumstance. They may state actual truth, but they do it without love or consideration. They become a clanging cymbal and a loud gong that nobody really wants to listen to. And most of the time, when someone becomes so dogged on one truth from the Bible, they are usually ignoring other truths from the Word of God at the same time. It's important to remember that. And what I want to share with you today is really just a personal evangelism strategy for you to accomplish the Great Commission, this mandate that Christ has called us to. Let me say this, church, this is your job. This is one of your purposes in life. It's your duty. It's your responsibility as a believer in Christ, and it's a shared responsibility as we all should be carrying this burden together. And sheltering in place during a pandemic does not negate this mandate from Christ one iota. During our Sunday morning services a few weeks ago, I made a few statements that might be worth repeating in reference to this morning's message. One of the things I said was that evangelism is not an event, it's a lifestyle that we live. And it's important to just know that and get that down in your spirit. Also, many things that we do as believers here on earth, we will continue to do in heaven, worshiping Christ, reading his eternal word, fellowshipping with one another. 
But one thing we won't do in heaven is evangelize. This is what we are to do now. Our focus should be evangelizing until true disciples are made here on this earth. Believers often put their focus on the wrong things, things that are good, but things that we will always have here on earth and in heaven. When we're in heaven all together, the day of evangelism's over. There's no more chances for those that don't know Christ. So we've got to get busy with a strategy, and that's what I want to share with you today. And it's more like a framework that will give you guidance as you strive to fulfill that great commission that he's called us to. It starts by identifying five individuals in your life that you have a relationship with. Five individuals that you know because of your circle of influence. We could call it your my five. And everybody should be thinking about this throughout the rest of this message and, and here on after. Get your My Five written down on a piece of paper. They could be a family member, a coworker. They could be a certain relative, neighbors, people whose names you know and, and who know your name uh, upon seeing one another. Five people that you care about. Five people that you want to be in heaven with you for eternity. And these are five people that you just connect with. Five people that you feel comfortable around and you know they feel pretty comfortable around you because your personalities just mesh, even though they do not know the Lord as of yet. And once you have identified these five individuals, like I said, write them down on a piece of paper. Most of us will probably be able to think of many more than five, but narrow down your list to five. You can always begin a whole nother list later, but there's no sense in overwhelming yourself to start out in this strategy. And thinking about everyone identifying their five and the number of people that this would represent, it's pretty impossible to not make the connection of why I'm in this hayloft right now. This place speaks of harvest. And as Christians, it's our job to be busy about the Father's business. We are to be harvesters a people fulfilling the Great Commission. John 15, verse one through two says this, I am the true vine, it's Jesus speaking, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. If you are a branch that is plugged into the true vine, fruit bearing is inevitable. You cannot be plugged into the vine and not bear fruit. And I believe that this fruit bearing includes winning souls to Christ. That's what it means. That's what it's talking about, at least in partial and probably uh, mostly it's talking about that. And again, it's speaking of the harvest and understand it's the Holy Spirit's job to win somebody to Christ. I, I understand that, but it's our job to witness, which is to share what we've seen and heard. That partnership with the Holy Spirit is a combination that will work every single time. It's a partnership that just works. So let me give you a strategy again, just the strategy or framework to share what you've seen and heard with your five in the most effective way possible. And it's simple enough for anyone to remember and do. And it's this, prayer, care, share. That's the strategy. Everybody say it with me. Prayer, care, share. Turn to someone in your living room right now, or wherever you're listening to this, and, and say it to them. Prayer, care, share. Get that down deep within your soul. Let me talk about prayer first this morning. We must be willing to take our list of five and pray for those people. 
This is where it all begins. And when I say pray for them, I mean have a conversation with God about them. Talk to God about each one of your five and listen to what he says to you. Allow yourself to weep over them and see them through the eyes of the cross. I want to ask this question. When's the last time that you wept over someone's spiritual condition besides your own? When's the last time that you were so passionate about seeing someone come to Christ that you literally welled, your eyes welled up with tears and you wept for them? It's so important, church, that we don't become complacent in this. Prayer is so vital. And you are literally asking when you pray, you're literally asking the Holy Spirit to cultivate the soul of of their heart when you commit to praying for them. And sure, you can pray for their needs, that's great. But every person's biggest and most important need is that they find and enter into a personal relationship with Christ. Now, I want you to close your eyes for a second. Everybody listening, close your eyes. And I want you to listen to the Holy Spirit and let him help you answer the following question. Who was it that prayed for you to receive Christ? With your eyes closed, I just want you to think about that for a second. Who prayed for you to receive Christ? And let the Holy Spirit speak to you who that might have been. I guarantee you that someone prayed for you. Someone bathed you in prayer because they were so concerned about you. Are you thankful that they did? You know, I was, um, you can open your eyes. (laughs) Uh, with with everyone uh, staying at home, I, I have uh, seen that a lot of people have tackled some painting projects. And, and I can paint, but I'm not very good at it. And it's not that I lack the ability or mobility to accomplish painting a room or, or uh, painting anything for that matter. It's just that I can't stand the prep work. Every good painter knows that the prep work is... 75, at least 75% of the work. And that actual, the actual putting paint on the walls or on the object you're painting is about 25% of the job. When I paint, I wanna put paint on the wall first. That's the first thing I wanna do. Open the can, get the brush out, start painting the wall because I want to see progress right away. But without disciplining myself to do the prep work, my paint jobs usually turn out less than professional. Church, God forbid that we do that with our approach to personal evangelism. Sharing truth with people without laying that solid foundation of prayer first, it just doesn't cut it. It may appease the conviction within your heart to share Christ, but it shouldn't. The prep work must happen in order to get the result that is needed. And there's no shortcuts. Prayer has to happen. And without it, you might as well be making the declaration that you don't need the Holy Spirit's help. Prayerlessness is what's played out when an individual is full of pride. And let me say that in a different way. Prideful people don't see the need to pray. So if you don't see the need to pray, and and when I say that, I'm saying, if you don't pray, because if you don't pray, you don't see the need to pray. If you don't pray, I'm telling you, I'm not trying to be nasty this morning, but I'm telling you, you're full of pride. We pray because of our dependency on Christ. And if we don't pray, we're telling God we don't need him. 
that we can do it on our own. Praying for your five, calling their name out before the Lord, weeping over them while you are in the Lord's presence, hurting for them, asking God to do what only he can do in their lives. That's the kind of prayer that will change a heart. And I, I'm guilty of this as much as anyone else. Oh God, change my heart, change our hearts. Let us be broken for people, broken for their very souls. God, we ask forgiveness for not seeing people the way that you see them. We ask forgiveness for being calloused and complacent when it comes to focusing our prayer on individuals that you have put in our path to witness to. Give us a clean heart and change us, O oh Lord.
prayer, care, share. We just got done talking about prayer. Let's talk a little bit about caring for those that we're praying for. Let me first say this. Nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. These are wise words and true, by the way. There are more ways to show people that you care about them than you can possibly imagine. What if people encouraged as often as they tore down? Wouldn't that be a different world? And it doesn't matter if it's to someone's face or behind their back. If we thought about the good things in people instead of hating on all the faults, even if they're not there, like I said, how different would this world be? Church, it's time that we get creative. How can you show your five that you care? If you started by praying for them, then you will begin to get ideas about how to care for them individually. And this is important. No two people are alike. You need to think about how to be deliberately caring to each individual. And some actions you take will work for all of your five where others will be more individualized. That, that's for sure. And this probably goes without saying, but, but I need to say this too. Make sure that your list of five people doesn't include those that would be inappropriate for you to reach out to. You may have a friend from high school that's a married uh, a friend and, and uh, a member of the opposite sex. Try to reach out to them in, care, in a caring way, if you did, would, would probably just come across as creepy. If you are married, reach out to these types of individuals together as a couple, or just keep your list free from those that may misconstrue, misconstrue your intentions. But a card sent or an email or a social media message that's personalized is a great idea. You could offer your help to them, maybe with a project around their home. Often uh, during conversation, if you're listening, you will pick up on things that they may need assistance with. Offer your help as much as you can. Build a relationship with them to the place that they are sharing with you what they're going through, their victories, their defeats. Just put their needs above your own and you'll think of plenty of ways to show that you really care. And I, I already mentioned this, but listening to them while they talk, just doing that uh, is something that most people never really do for other people. Just listening, focusing in on what they're saying and hearing them. You know, you could take them out to eat. You buy, of course. You could have them over, just enjoy one another's company. Have a game night if you want. Invite them into your home. Become a good friend. Don't be overbearing, but be available. And again, be creative in this. Be, an invent be as inventive as you want as you try to care for this individual and show them that you really care. And understand, this is one of the most difficult parts of the process. It can take time, and it usually does. How much time? That depends on the individual but you will have to be willing to sacrifice some of your time. Not to the place of becoming imbalanced in your own life, but you will have to surrender some of the thing, those things that you want to do in order to show that you truly care for them. It's in these moments that the rubber really hits the road. Prayer asks the Holy Spirit to prepare their hearts, but it also prepares yours to be able to make those kinds of sacrifices. And understand, they are not just sacrifices for your five. These are sacrifices unto the Lord himself. When you become Jesus' hands and feet, 
and you decide that you will take advantage of every divine appointment that the Holy Spirit sets up in your life, then your sacrifices unto Him, or your sacrifices for those five, are really sacrifices unto Him. Surrendering yourself, your own dreams and goals, your finances, your time, your resources, your talents, even your energy. When you surrender your whole life and everything you have unto the Lord, don't be shocked when it plays out in being the hands and feet of Christ to those you wrote down on that piece of paper and those that you've been praying for. That's just how it works. Church caring for people, truly caring, not just throwing a little bit of uh, extra that you have at them, but caring for them, investing in them is so key. And I'm not gonna lie to you, it's work. It's a burden, it's difficult. And you won't be able to do it without prefacing that, that effort with prayer. Prayer, care, share. I want us just to take a few moments and think about maybe some names that, that are already gonna be on your list, your five. Think about how you might care for them. I believe God right now can give you ideas. Let's just surrender ourselves to him and let him speak to us about how we could care for them while we listen to this next song.
Lord, that is our heart this morning. We really do surrender all that we have to you. And I hope that's your heart too, church family. Prayer, care, share. Let's talk about share a little bit. And, and sharing is the fun part of this entire strategy. When the prayer work has been done and you've extended yourself in a way that shows you really care about an individual, it makes the sharing part so natural and so easy. It becomes a simple conversation of you sharing your own experience of how Christ has transformed your life and has changed you. Don't be afraid to tell your story. Your story is unique to you and it's part of uh, your witness, it's part of what you should be sharing. And it's truly amazing when you practice prayer and care, how share doesn't become an argument or a time of you trying to defend your faith to them. It just becomes a natural conversation. They respect you and you respect them. You know, Pastor Calloway, my predecessor, always used to say that the greatest gospel song ever written was by Kenny Rogers, The Gambler. And that always uh, caused people to uh, raise an eyebrow, The Gambler. And he'd say, yes, because in Christianity, you need to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, and know when to run. And I, I think when it comes to uh, sharing your faith, this couldn't be more important. Don't become over anxious to blast them with truth. Wait for the right time. Know when the right time is to share. And you'll know that it's the right time if you practice the prayer and the care first. You'll just know it. It's just how it works, church. And it's great to memorize some scriptures for this part of the strategy. I love to use the Romans road. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5.8, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And then I move him right into Romans 10.9 and 10, which talks about confessing and believing in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead and that he is Lord of all. But whatever scripture you use that helps you tell your story best, just, just pick one. It doesn't really matter. It's just important that, that it's comfortable for you. You figure that part of it out. And ask them to pray with you. Be ready and prepared to lead them in a sinner's prayer. But if they aren't ready or willing to do that, don't force them into it. Don't try to make them or, or bully them into it. Be gracious and kind and don't, don't get forceful. Just offer yourself to pray with them when that time comes or let them know that they can pray in their own, on their own and, and ask Christ in any time that they want to. Kind of teach them how to do that. But then continue to practice the prayer and care parts of the strategy. And I hope you're a little challenged this morning to start engaging in this mandate from Christ to bear fruit and to go into all the world preaching the gospel. They won't hear unless you tell them. They just won't. It's time that we as the church put our noses to the grindstone, so to speak. That we get busy even in the midst of what we're going through right now. The fields have never been more ripe for the harvest. In church, we can do unbelievable things even with some restrictions through uh, social restrictions, through uh, uh, the, the social distancing and all that we, we have been uh, hand fed from the government and the, the powers that be in our life right now. 
When Christians stop whining about circumstances and demanding their rights, they will see that God will use them mightily in the midst of those very circumstances. And I, I, I challenge you to let God use you during this time like never before. You know, Jesus never got political. He never did. He was, he was tempted with it. People tried to tempt him with that, but he was just so about the Father's business he just sidestepped it every single time. And I want us to be like him. I want us to be like Jesus. Let's be busy about the Father's business. Let's commit this morning together that we will be his hands and we will be his feet like never before. We will write down our five. We will pray for them, care for them. And eventually when the time is right, when, when the Holy Spirit leads us, we'll share with them in a loving, caring way. Prayer, care, share. Great strategy. And I can't even begin to think about the ramifications if a hundred people that are listening to me right now actually did this, or 200, or 300, or 400. What if 500 people actually did this? What if they actually did it? 2,500 people could come to Christ. That can change a city. Church, we need to get about the Father's business. And I wanna pray for you this morning. Again, challenging you to step into this. My five, prayer, care, share. My five, prayer, care, share. But let's bow our heads today and let me pray for you and let's commit to God that we're gonna step into this and all that he has for us. And before I do that, I wanna add one more thing. 95% of Christians never lead anybody to the Lord. I think that's sick. If you've never led someone to the Lord before, I'm not picking on you, but I'm telling you, you're missing out on the adventure of a lifetime. There is nothing like talking to somebody about Jesus and seeing them accept Christ. Say, well, I'm just a planter. I, I, don't, I don't ever get the harvest. I just plant, plant, plant. That's great, you plant, plant, plant. But in reality, every farmer that plants, 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 will eventually see a harvest somewhere. They'll eventually be a part of that harvest. God will allow you to be a part of that harvest. So don't even use that as an excuse. Church, plant like crazy, but expect to be a part of the harvest. Let's pray this morning. Lord God, I thank you for every individual that can hear my voice right now. I pray, God, that you would change our hearts, that we would have your eyes, eyes that see through eternity and not just the temporal things here on earth. God, I pray that we would see people as souls that need to be saved, as those that need to come to a personal relationship with you. God, we desire to be your hands and feet. We desire to be used by you. Lord, there's not one person who, who can hear me, who's listening to me this morning, that is not called to be a minister, that is not called to serve those around them. God, I pray that you would just begin to birth this passion and this unction within us to share our faith with everybody. And God, if this strategy doesn't, doesn't seem to fit us very well, give us a strategy that does. Lord, it doesn't matter how we do it, we just need to share your message of truth with the people around us. And we need to do it in love. God, I ask that you would help us commit and I say, I pray for every one of us that we do commit today to step into a strategy, to step into the process, to step into ministry, to win people to Jesus, to be your hands and feet. 
God, I thank you for that. And I pray, Lord, as these families talk after this message is over, after the service is done, Lord, that you would give them ways and you would give them conversations, Lord, where they could be a family that reaches out to those around them as individuals, but even as a family. God, I thank you for this morning and I thank you for every believer that's in our uh, online experience this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's do something in closing today. We have one more song. It's Thank You, Jesus. And what I want us to do as a congregation, as families all over in all your living rooms, would you just take some time, turn up the TV a little bit more than, than what it's been with me preaching, and just thank God for all he's done in your life. And begin to uh, just think about how he can do that for others. Maybe that's that point of, of, of Holy Spirit connection where the passion will just be birthed in you like never before to share your faith. But let's take some time and thank the Lord in closing today. God bless you. Love you. We'll see you soon.
Thanks for being a part of the Indianola First podcast. Join us next week to stay updated on our latest messages.